This morning we're going to begin a journey of a number of Sunday mornings looking at some of the parables of our Lord. This morning we're going to be looking in Mark chapter 4, so if you've got your Bible, I'm going to invite you to turn there. If you don't have your Bible, you've got your phone or your iPad, why find that app, get to Mark chapter 4. While you're turning over there, I just want to, I want to challenge you. Do not back away from people because they're different than you. Do not back away, do not condemn because someone has a different skin pigmentation or a different color of hair or they come from a different ethnic background. It's easy. It's easy to act in fear. It's more difficult to act in love. But our Lord calls us, commands us to act in love. I've reached out to some of my old friends of different ethnic backgrounds in the last day on Facebook. And I've gotten varied responses. But to each one of them I have expressed, I love you. That has never changed. It never will. I hope you have friends that don't look like you. Don't take that the wrong way. Folks, if we're not reaching across the lines that divide us, we're part of the problem and not part of the solution. If you can look at yourself today and say, you know, I don't have any friends that aren't my color, that aren't my kind of people, I would challenge you in the days to come, make some new friends. Reach. There is no place... There is no place for the kind of stuff that happened yesterday on the East Coast. And we have to choose to be part of the problem or part of the solution. I think Jesus calls us to be part of the solution. And I think you're going to see that very clearly today as we begin looking at the parables our Lord taught with. Jesus communicated some of the greatest truths and some of his greatest teachings about the kingdom of God and what it's like through this parables. A parable, a parable is a simple earthly story about everyday stuff that reveals a marvelous truth about heavenly substance. This morning we're going to look together at the parable of the sower. And I believe it contains a message for the church. It certainly contains a message for each individual believer in Jesus Christ. And we certainly could struggle with understanding it if it hadn't been for the fact that Jesus went ahead and explained it to us. And so we're going to read the parable and we're going to read his explanation and then spend just a few moments trying to make sense out of it today. Mark chapter 4. We're going to begin our reading at verse 1. If you've got your Bible open there, if you can, Will, I'm going to invite you to stand with me 
in honor of our Heavenly Father as we read together this morning from his inspired word. Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 4, we read, Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. And he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It, it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. And then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the 12 and others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? <laughs> the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that's sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, not and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. May the word of God take root in our hearts this morning. Father, I pray that as we spend these moments together, you would teach us your truth. You would speak to our hearts what we need to hear. Help us to be honest with ourselves, even as your spirit shines a light upon our lives. And Father, may the seed fall today where you desire for it to be. Teach us your truth. Oh, we're ready to listen. For we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, for just a few minutes, I, I want to talk to you about the sower and the seed. It's my conviction that God wants to make each one of us a farmer. Every believer in this room, every believer around the world, every believer throughout history is the result of someone doing some spiritual farming. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you came from or where you've been or where you're going. Sowing and reaping were part of bringing you into the family of God and making you a part of the body of Christ. And so I want us to consider this morning the parable of the sower. Jesus told this parable 
by the sea. It's kind of an odd setting for us, I guess. I kind of like the idea. His pulpit was a boat. He's off in the water. The crowd gathered around. What an amazing place to teach because the acoustics would have been awesome as his words rolled across the water and reverberated so that everyone could hear. And he talked to them as he sat in a boat about farming, spiritual farming. I want us to see the words that he said and what they say to us and for us this morning. In order to do that, we simply have to take the story apart, look at the elements, and say, okay, what does this mean? So let's begin by just spending a moment talking about the sower. The sower. In verse 3, we read Jesus' words. A farmer went out to sow his seed. The first thing that pops into my head, where's he going? He goes out, where is he going? I mean, this person that is is presented by Jesus had a specific destination in mind. He was going out. I believe he was going to a place that he knew. He was going to his field. Now, where that might be for him depends on where he was at. In Matthew 13, 38, you find Jesus saying that the world is the field. And so he was saying as he went out into the world, as he was going out to engage in whatever his daily activities were, he was going to sow his seed. The question that I think we have to ask ourselves, how many of us believe what Jesus said is true? How many of us believe that when we open this book, we are truly reading the word of God? If we do believe that, then we have to understand what Jesus said is true. Then the world is our field. This is the place we're supposed to go and take our seed and sow it. Wherever we go. Wherever we go, we're supposed to. Listen, I've used this phrase so many times, and I think a lot of people read this phrase, they hear this phrase, and it just kind of goes right over the top of our heads. I want you to hear what I'm saying in the context of this this morning. We are to be a people on mission. In your school, you need to be on mission. Students and teachers alike. In the business place, wherever you might happen to find yourself going, you ought to be on mission. As you travel across your community, no matter what it is you might be doing, whether you're just going to get a tank of gas or you're going to the grocery store, you ought to be a person on mission. We have a mission to accomplish. We are going out to sow our seed. Our world is the field. And, and, you know, you have to ask, well, what's the big deal? I mean, preacher, you talk about stuff like this every week. So what? Let me just ask you a question. What's the importance of what this farmer does? Have you ever thought about it? If he doesn't go out and work the soil, the ground doesn't get broken. If the ground doesn't get broken, the seed can't get into the soil. If the seed doesn't get in the soil, there's going to be a very minimal crop. If there's a very minimal crop, there's not going to be much food. If there's not much food, we Baptists are in trouble. Unless he does his work, the ground will be unproductive. Unless he does his work, the field is not going to produce. Unless he sows his seed, there will be no harvest. What he does is imperative. 
And this sower, this farmer, represents every one of us who are believers in Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be engaged in this farming process everywhere we go. In Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus was getting ready to leave, he was getting ready to ascend into the heavens and and be with the Father. And he told his disciples who were gathered there around him, he said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. You know, if you go in and you look in the original language, Jesus literally was saying, as you are going, as you're going, as you're going to school, as you're going to work, as you're going about your day, as you're going about your everyday chores and business, as you are going, make disciples. Share. Cast the seed. In Mark 16, 15, parallel passage, Jesus is getting ready to leave. He instructed his disciples. He said, preach the good news to all creation. Now, folks, that ought to ring our bell this morning. To all creation, not just white folks, not just black folks, not just red folks, brown folks, yellow folks, everybody. It doesn't matter what the pigmentation of the skin is. All of creation needs to hear the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have been commanded by our master to go and preach the good news to all creation. We're supposed to be witnesses to what Jesus has done. Isn't that what he said in Acts 1.8? You, I love this. He didn't say, you might want to think about. You might ought to consider. Try to be. He didn't say any of that. No, he said, you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the very end of the earth. We will be. His witnesses. Folks, this is important stuff. You know what? We need to be utilizing every methodology that's at our disposal. But certainly there's not anything better than a farmer going out to sow his seed. I I know that the means have changed. I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm enough of a historian. You know, look at the pictures, man. I, I mean, back in the day, they go out and they just sow it. They just toss their seed. Hopefully, some would fall on fertile soil. Then we got a little bit smarter. We figured out, you know what? If we break up the ground, seed's got a better chance of getting in there. And it was crude, but there were plows. And there might have been a, a mule or, or a donkey or an oxen pulling that, that one blade, breaking up the ground. And, and, and then we got a little bit more inventive and creative and figured out, you know what? If we harness some animals together, we can pull more than one blade at a time. And then we figured out how to build a tractor. Right, Katie barred the door. We're going places now. We've got some of those crude rustic implements. We began to break the soil. Now you drive down the highway in Kansas or in Oklahoma or Nebraska, and my word, look at those tractors. They're better than a lot of people's homes. You can live inside those things. And the implements behind them are huge. And they can break up acres and acres and acres of ground in one day. Why do they do it? So that the seed can get into the soil. Why? Because you're trying to produce a harvest. The sower went out to sow his seed. His seed. That's really, I think, where a lot of us hit a problem. The seed. 
what's being sown by this farmer according to Jesus? The gospel. The gospel. Did you not see what Jesus said in verse 14? The farmer sows the word. The farmer went out sowing his seed in hopes of a good harvest. Why not? I mean, the seed he's got in his hands, the word of God. Is there a better seed than that? And yet we live in a culture, we live in an environment where many churches and many people have tried to shift the emphasis. They tell us we need to make other things more important than the Word of God. It really, you know, listen, we need to make the Word of God more acceptable. We need to make it palatable to people of intelligence and education. We need to water it down. We need, no! The Word of God is its own power and strength. And friends, we don't need to de-emphasize it. We don't need to dilute it. We don't need to do anything except sow it. People don't need to hear messages out of the latest self-help book. They don't need to hear messages from the latest psychology or the latest psychobabble. They need to hear what God says. They need to hear what the Word of God says. Why? Because in this book, unlike all those other books, here's where you find hope. Not the hope that says you can make yourself better. No, this is the message that says there is a God out there who created you and he will recreate you into a new person and he will take your broken heart and he will make it new. He will make it whole. He will take what is wrong in you and he will make it right. He will take your hopelessness and he will give you hope. He'll give you, take your darkness and he'll give you light. He will take your death in sin and he will make you alive again. The marvelous gospel of Jesus Christ has been entrusted to us, friends. It's ours to sow. It's ours to give away. I know a lot of people say, well, you know, I, I tried telling somebody about Jesus. It just didn't. Stay with me. But let me give you something you need to hold on to. Whenever you walk out the door and say, today I'm going to try to share my faith. I'm going to show Jesus. I'm going to talk Jesus. I'm going to live Jesus. I'm going to be Jesus. I want you to remember what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1. You ready? Romans chapter 1, verse 16. You know this. That the gospel, the gospel, it, it's, it is the power of God unto salvation. For all who believe, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Now, I'm not a great intelligent person, but I want you to understand something. When he says first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, that just took in the whole world. It does not matter what nation you come from, what your national background is, where your name originated, what kind of language you speak, what color pigmentation you might have in your skin. When he says first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, that takes in everybody on the face of the earth, period, bar none. It is the power of God unto salvation for you and for me. And for everyone we meet every day on the street, everyone we pass when we're driving, everyone we walk by in a hallway, everyone we go by pushing our cart in the grocery store, it is the power of God unto salvation for them as well. That's good news. That's good news. He can set the captive free. He can give sight to the blind. He can give life where there is no life. He can take people who are living a hopeless existence and give them hope. Well, how do we go about sowing the seed, preacher? This sounds amazing. It's simple. 
You live its message before people every day. And I know Brother Lauren's heart just sank. He said, oh, no, he's not going to give him that just live Jesus thing, is he? No, I'm not. I'm saying that's where you start. Because, see, if you're not living Christ, your words about Christ are going to be ineffective. If you're not living faithfulness to your Lord and Savior, whenever you start talking about people, you're going to say, well, it didn't change you. So you've got to live the message of Jesus Christ before others every day. And then you start telling its message to everyone. You share his message through every avenue that's available. It doesn't matter what it is. You bring other people with you. Listen, if you're scared, bring them to church. We'll tell them about Jesus. We'll make sure someone explains to them that this is the word of God and that God offers life through his son, Jesus Christ. I want to look across this room and I just want to ask all of you a question. And I'm including myself in this question, okay? So don't take it personally. Well, man, he just got in our face. No, I'm in my own face. I want to ask us a question today. How much sowing have we done this past week? Think about it. Be honest. How much sowing have we done this past week? Preacher, you don't understand. You don't understand the places I go. <laughs> no, but Jesus does. He's got it, folks. And I'm going to tell you something. He knows all about where you go. He proved it when he told this parable. Because he talked about all the different types of soil. Verses 15 through 20. You got your Bible open, just look. We're going to skip to do through these real quick, okay? I want you to look. Verse 15. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. Path. Path. That's where everybody walks. That's where everybody follows. I mean, it's like in single file. People walk there. Do you know that there are still places in the state of Kansas, in Oklahoma, in North Texas, where if you get off the roads and you go out into the field, if you know where to look, and I've had a couple of people show me places in Oklahoma and in Texas, and I'm still hunting for it in Kansas, I haven't had anybody going to tell me where it's at. But you can go out into the fields and you can still see traces of the paths along the old Chisholm Trail. Where the cowboys drove their cattle north out of Texas, across Oklahoma, into Wichita. Do you know when the last cattle drives were? A long time ago. But those paths are still there. A couple of years ago, as many of you well know, my wife and I were in Alaska. We took a train ride out of Skagway up across the border into Canada. It was, it was the route of the Klondike Gold Rush. And looking off of that train down into the valley, you could still see the path that was beaten into the ground by the miners and their mules 150 years ago. Nothing grows there. Do you know why? Because that ground has been packed so hard 
That even if a seed should sprout on top of that ground, it cannot penetrate that soil. It's like concrete. And here's Jesus saying, he went out to sow, and you know what? He cast his seed. Some of it was like it fell on the path. That hard, packed ground, the seed couldn't penetrate it. Even if it should sprout, it couldn't take hold there. I mean, it was just, it was wasted seed. And listen, that's where people walk every day. And sometimes your school is like that. Sometimes your home is like that. Sometimes your workplace is like that. But we've got to take it to the streets. Now, understand something. When he went out, unlike our farmers, he didn't go out first and drive a combine or a tractor up and down with a big disc or a plow behind it and cut the soil up. No, he just went out and started throwing seed. And some of it fell on the path. But then Jesus said some of it fell in rocky places. Verses 16 and 17. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. There might be a little bit of dirt there. That's not much. How many of y'all have ever seen a picture of a tree growing out of the side of a, a, a rock mountain? You ever seen little tufts of plant growing out in the middle of a rock? And saying, how in the world? There's a little bit of dirt there. But my friend, it doesn't take much to tear it loose. It doesn't take much in the way of drought for it to die. Why? Because it's a tough place. And we know there are tough places. Man, there are cities, there are neighborhoods, there are ghettos, there are towns, there are places where it's rocky ground, it's hard. There might be a little bit of soil there, but it's tough for anything to take root and grow well. But you know what? Jesus went to those places. You remember in John chapter 4, he went through Samaria. Now, you want to talk about a tough place for a Jew to take the gospel. That was it. And he didn't just go there, but years later, he sent others there. Why? Because you never know when it's going to take root. Jesus went through there. It took root in, the, in, in that woman at the well. She went back into the city, invited everybody in the town to come out and hear this man who told her everything she'd ever done. Tough places? Yep. They're there. And he said, some, some of the soil, is, it's, it's like that, that weed patch. Weed patch. You know what? When, when I was a little younger, I decided I was going to put a garden. I had a deacon in my church. He said, Pastor, that's a really nice weed patch you got growing out there. I gave up my gardening days. I found something to be true, though. I could plant some of the best vegetables. You know what happened when the weeds got, got away from me? Just choked them out. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. You, you can plant good seed. And that seed can take hold and it can begin to grow. But before long, if, you have, if it's in a place filled with weeds, the weeds are going to choke it out. And that happens to so many people across our land and around our world today. They hear the gospel, but they are so overwhelmed by the weeds that are around them. It overcomes the gospel. But you know what? He went out the door with his seed in hand and he started sowing. Some landed on the path and some in rocky soil and some in the weed patch. But in verse 20, Jesus says some of it landed on good soil. Others like seeds sown on good soil. Hear the word, accept the word, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. 
There are places where the harvest is abundant and where it's likely and where you can look and say, man, it's just almost certain. If we can get to that place and we can get the word of God there, it's going to take hold. People's lives are going to be changed. The gospel is going to turn people. It's going to turn their homes. It's going to transform that community. There are places where people are hungry for the gospel, longing for the word of God, receptive to the word of God. Everybody wants to go there. Nobody wants the hard places. Everybody wants the easy spot. That's where everybody wants to go and serve. Here's the reality. We don't always know where the seed's going to land. It's not our job to know where it's going to land. It's not our job to know whether it's going to succeed or not. It's our job to sow the seed. A study was done a number of years ago at an agricultural university to determine what's needed, what's required to produce 100 bushels of corn per acre. Here's what they came up with. Four million pounds of water. 6,800 pounds of oxygen. 5,200 pounds of carbon, 160 pounds of sulfur, and numerous other elements in smaller amounts that are too many to even bother mentioning or listing. In their study, here was their conclusion. Although many hours of the farmer's labor are needed, it's estimated that only about 5% of the produce from the farm can be attributed to the efforts of the man. Think about it. Only 5% can be attributed to the man. What's that mean? <laughs> it means that for all intents and purposes, the entire harvest depends on the God who has made and distributed the elements, who sends the sunshine and the rain, who gives maturity, who controls the wind and the storms. Well, then what are we supposed to do? I'm so glad you asked. Listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed that's our part to sow the seed everything else is up to him week after week I stand here and I open this book and I share with you and my heart jumps out of my chest when I see somebody move during an invitation time but when they don't it's okay. I did my part. I sowed the seed. Maybe it fell on a pathway on some rocky soil. Or maybe, maybe you brought some weeds in here with you and it just choked it out. But I sowed the seed. That's all I'm responsible for. I don't control the rain and the sun. I don't control the elements. I don't have anything to do with whether the storms come or don't come in your life. 
I sow the seed. But he gives the harvest. We have to sow the seed. And folks, can I just tell you something? If we'd sow the seed, if we would be faithful to sow the seed, we wouldn't have to hear stupid reports like we heard last night about hatred and division and racism and murder. We wouldn't have to hear that because I want to tell you something. When Jesus gets a hold of the hearts of men and women and boys and girls, he changes them. And he takes that old junk from sin out of our lives and he makes us into new creations. So it's time we start sowing the seed. If you're embarrassed or you're scared or whatever it might be, let me just remind you this. If you'll get over that and take a chance and step out, you'll be in good company. Because it was Paul, the apostle. I've always said it that way because, you know, if a person's middle name is the, they're pretty important. Paul, the apostle, who said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. First the Jew, then the Gentile. My friend, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want you to know something. The seed's been sown. What kind of soil are you? Will you let it take root this morning? Maybe you're not sure what to do. I want to tell you something in a moment. We're going to stand together. We're going to sing a song. It's just a time to respond to the word of God. It's a time to respond to the seed of the gospel. It's a time to respond if the spirit of God is laying on your heart that you need a relationship with God, with your heavenly father. You can have that relationship today. You say, I don't know what to do. That's why I'm here. If you'll come and take me by hand and say, Pastor, I want that relationship. I will not embarrass you or put you on the spot, but I'd love to share with you today. Brother Lauren would love to share with you today. We'd love to pray with you today and help you find that relationship. Brothers and sisters, are we sowing seed? Are we just sitting in the farmhouse and hoping something good's going to happen? It's time to go sowing. Are you ready? Let's bow our heads together. In just a moment, we are going to stand. We're going to sing a song of, of commitment. I want to give you the opportunity to respond. It may be that you're here this morning. You're saying, I don't have a relationship with God. I, I'm not even sure why I'm here. Well, I'm going to tell you why you're here. You're here because God brought you here today. He has a plan for you. You see, it's not his desire that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he brought you here today because he wanted to have an appointment with you. He wanted to speak to your heart. He wanted to share with you that there is hope in Jesus Christ. That the struggles you're facing, the life you're struggling through, I'm not saying it's all going to get better, but I'm going to say this, you won't have to do it alone. You'll have a family of brothers and sisters. You'll have a new master. And we're going to walk with you through that. Is he calling you? Would you come to him? Brothers and sisters, it is time to go sow some seed. It's time to live and to share Jesus wherever we're going. If you've been doing that, praise God for it. If you haven't, that's your calling.
You ready? What would God have you do? You're looking for an opportunity? You're looking for a place? You're looking for a white man? Would we love to visit with you? But first, you need to get your heart set right with God and commit yourself to doing His work according to His calling. Father, I thank you today for your word. <laughs> it's a challenging word. But it's yours. And you haven't given us an option. You've called us to service. Those of us who are part of your family, those of us who are part of the bride of Christ, you, you've commanded us to go make disciples. You've told us to preach the gospel to all of creation. You've told us to be your witnesses where we are and going out from there. Decades, centuries have been wasted. Lord, because of that, there's still so much brokenness, so much sinfulness around us. I don't understand all of your ways, but I do understand this, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And Lord, there are people all around us who need Jesus. I pray today for those in this room who might need to know you. Father, that your spirit right now would just convict them of sin, draw them to the Savior, convince them. Convince them that today is the day they need to establish a relationship with you through Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room, for your bride, that today we would understand that we need to be like that farmer who went sowing. We need to take the word, the message of the gospel. And distribute it everywhere we go. Trusting you for the growth. Trusting you for the maturation. Trusting you for the harvest. And now, Father, I just pray that you'd take this moment. There are people across this room who came in here with all kinds of needs, all kinds of concerns, all kinds of, of worries and burdens. And Father, I pray right now that you touch their hearts, touch their lives, accomplish what you desire to do, and do it all for your glory. For I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.